You are listening to Moments in the Word, brought to you by Lighthouse Gospel Ministries. Welcome to Moments in the Word. I'm Rick Garland, your host. Uh, if I sound a little, a little bit echoey, I, I apologize. I'm in a different location right now than I usually am. Um, so bear with me on that if you could. Uh, I've been on a little hiatus for a short amount of time. But I'm anxious to get back to uh, recording these and hopefully being an encouragement and hopefully find some edification in these uh, moments we spend together in the Word of God. I am looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I might be here for a few episodes because it's such a uh, a power-packed chapter of the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul is the writer, and I'm going to look at the first two verses, and we're going to talk a a little bit today about the Gospel. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren... I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. So Paul opens up this chapter with, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, okay, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, We cannot lose the gospel. We cannot lose sight of the true uh, gospel. I know people who post all the time, they, they have ministries, and they say, we're out preaching the true gospel. But I know their view of the gospel, and it's not the true uh, biblical gospel. It's something else that they call the gospel. But Paul's declaring unto them the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved. Okay, so this gospel that he preached, they received. They stand in it. They're being faithful, firm in it, right up to this point. And he says, "By which also you are saved." And then he says, "If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain." I'm a firm believer. Uh, It may not be very popular these days, but I'm a firm believer in a doctrine called the perseverance of the saints. Now, that might mean different things to different people, so let me kind of explain what it means to me, okay, when I say perseverance of the saints, okay? I believe it is necessary to persevere in the faith until the end in order to be saved, okay? I don't believe in work salvation. I believe salvation is all of grace, all of God, by faith alone, okay, in Christ alone. Uh, I don't believe we're kept saved by our works. In other words, I don't believe that God saves us and we do the work, right? Uh, Paul argues against that in Galatians, right? If you were perfected by grace, how an hour is, are you going to be able to go on keeping the law? You can't do it, right? That's what Paul's argument, whole argument is, is if you were saved by grace, why are you turning now to works, right, in order to maintain that salvation? That's not what I'm saying there at all. But what I'm saying is, There is a certain perseverance in the Bible that is given as a necessity of new birth, but also as an evidence of new birth. So it's kind of like saying we're saved not by our good works, but to do good works. Good works are fruit or manifestations that we're truly saved. And so persevering in the faith 
is a fruit or a manifestation of true salvation, but necessary for final salvation because if you don't have it, uh, you're evidencing you're not truly saved. Did you keep up with what I was saying there? That's where I stand on that. Um, I think there's a lot of Bible to to back that up. Now, now, now let me straighten out. Let me straighten out what I'm not saying. Okay, I'm not saying that a Christian has to be on fire all the way up to the end. Right? That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm not saying Christians never backslide. I think there is uh, a backsliding of a Christian. If you're a Christian who's backslidden, I'd urge you now to repent uh, and, and to do the first works again, as, as it says in Revelation chapter 2, to, to go on in the faith. I think there are Christians today who don't attend church anymore. I think they may be saved. Some of them may not be, but some may be saved. And maybe they were burned by the church, hurt by the church. Uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, that, that they are truly believers... Right, but they're, but they're not maybe active in church today. I think that's possible. But what I mean by perseverance of the saints is I mean persevering in your profession of faith. Okay, so uh, I know people who have turned from the faith and said, I am no longer a Christian. That person, I believe, is evidencing they were never truly saved uh, in the first place. Okay, uh, somebody who turns to a false religion uh, that goes outside of the gospel of Christ, right? So a person who becomes a Roman Catholic and, and gets into the, gets into the uh, uh, teachings of the penance and the system of penance and mass and continual sacrifice. Uh, what, I think a Catholic can be saved, right? I think there are saved Catholics who see past the teachings of the church, right? And they, they're trusting in Christ's sacrifice alone for their salvation. I, I think there are those. But a person who knows the true gospel and then goes into that system, knowing full well what that system teaches. I think they've denied the faith, or, or, or Mormonism. I know a guy, uh, he was a, a Bible college student who was supposedly saved out of Mormonism, only to, to leave Bible college, turn back to the Mormon church, and to deny the gospel he once claimed. I think he was evidencing he was never truly saved in the first place. So that, that does happen. Um, throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus addressing this very thing within Judaism, right? Not all uh, of those who were within Judaism were truly children of God. He said to the Pharisees, you're of your father the devil, right? Not, you're not, he's not saying you're of your father God. He's saying you're of your father the devil. You're not children of Abraham, right? Even though you appear to be, even though you're within the covenant community, you are not truly children of Abraham, we see it uh, evidenced in John chapter 15, the teaching of abiding in the vine. Those who don't abide in the vine, they're cast away. They're cast off. I believe that means they were never truly saved. They never truly bore fruit in keeping with their claim of repentance. Uh, in Luke chapter 9, I'm going to read a couple of passages here. Luke chapter 9, verse 57, And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Remember the, how Jesus said to count the cost, right? Count the cost before you follow him. Same idea there. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. So the first guy, he says, I'll follow you wherever you go. But I think Jesus knew his heart. And he says, I don't even have a place to live. That guy wasn't going to follow him if he didn't have a place to live. And Jesus knew that and told him that. 
Then another one said, I said, oh, okay, I'll follow you, Lord. Just let me go bury my father first. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go and preach the kingdom of God. He says, let the unbeliever, let the unsaved, the dead, the spirits, that let them deal with the affairs of this life. You go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my home and at my house. And then Jesus, in verse 62, said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Those who start off following Jesus but go back to take care of the things of this world and walk away from it, they're not truly his disciples. 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For had they been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might, might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Okay, John is talking here about, uh, he's fighting Gnosticism in First John. He's teaching about those who, who were the Gnostic teachers and those who followed them, right? And he says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. They were not of us. They weren't really saved. They were in our number, they were in our churches, in our fellowship, and they went off after this false teaching because... They weren't truly saved. For if they had been of us, now get this, they would no doubt have continued with us. There's not even a doubt that they would have continued on had they truly been saved. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So John's making a very important point here for the perseverance of the saints that there's no doubt. So I, I, I know a lot of people and a lot I've had a lot of pastors uh who have preached to me that, well, just because they fell away or just because they went and joined some cult or just because they deny the faith now, at least they're saved and they're, you know, wait a minute. The Bible has a lot to say about those who profess faith and then turn away from it. They have no confidence, they should have no confidence in that profession of their faith. How about in Hebrews? The book of Hebrews, the context of Hebrews is, is, is being given to Jews who are, professing believers, but being tempted to go back to the temple worship, going back to the temple ways, to the ways of Judaism. Chapter 10, verse 35, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Their confidence in what? Well, in their profession of faith. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. That you're not going to receive it right now, but you'll receive it to come later on. And of course, in the next chapter, a few verses later, he goes into the hall of faith and, and all of those who didn't receive the promises, but, but saw them afar off and embraced them and made a, a good confession. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. This is talking about the, the coming of Christ in judgment on, on, on the Jewish people on, on Jerusalem in 70 AD. The time was coming. He says, hey, be, be patient, okay? Be patient right now. Don't go back to that system. Hold the profession of your faith. It has great recompense and reward. The time is coming when he will come, and he will not wait. He will not tarry any longer. And then he says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believed the saving of the soul. He says, The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, from what? Their profession of faith. God says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. 
Then Paul gave them some encouragement by saying, We are not of them that draw back under perdition, under, under destruction, eternal destruction. Those who draw back, those who go back on their profession of faith, those who, who go back on their faith, they are going to perish. But of them that believed the saving of the soul. Well, how is that evidenced? By not going back, by being faithful. In Colossians, Paul, again, is, is, is dealing with Gnosticism and, and those being tempted to leave in, after the Gnostic gospel. In chapter 1, verse 21, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight if ye continue in the faith, grounded, and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So he has reconciled us in the body of his flesh through death to present us holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, if we continue in the faith. What he's saying is, don't go after this Gnostic teaching. Don't go after this false gospel. Okay? Don't abandon your profession of faith. Stand fast. He has reconciled us if we continue on, steadfast, grounded, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel. And so as Paul gets into 1 Corinthians 15 here, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which you have received, and wherein you stand. But, he's, but what he's saying is, you stand there now, but stay standing, stay faithful, by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain. He's not. He doesn't say that that you know, uh, um, keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless God takes that away from you. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying you've believed in vain. Your profession of faith is false. It's in vain. It's empty. It's not real. If you don't continue on, if you don't continue standing where you stand right now. Let that be a good lesson to all of us, to stand fast in the faith. Don't move. Don't waver from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if we abandon the gospel, which we're going to see here in just the next episode, what the gospel is, if we abandon the true gospel, there's no other name under heaven by given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name hope. So he says in, in Hebrews chapter 10, if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. He's not saying if you go out and, and cuss at somebody or think a, a lustful thought, there's no more there's no more sacrifice. That's it. You're, you're done. You can never be forgiven. That's not what he's saying. He's urging them not to go back, not to go back to the temple, not to abandon their faith in Christ. And he says, if we sin willfully, if we go willfully on back into the the, the, the old system, back into the, the, the sacrifices that don't save, there's no more sacrifice for us. There's no other place to go but to Christ. So if we leave him, we're moved from him. If we leave the hope of the gospel, there's nothing else that can save us wherever we go. That's our only hope. That's our only hope. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this few moments we had in the Word. I pray that you'll use it to the edifying of the saints. I pray you won't let us move from this place that we, we are now in the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't let us waver. Keep us grounded and settled to the day of our death. I saw, or my wife actually saw a headstone in the cemetery. 
had a great epitaph on it. He died as he lived, a Christian. Let that be the story for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for Moments in the Word. Lighthouse Gospel Ministries is an outreach ministry focused in street and prison evangelism, as well as reaching the needy with hope and help. To partner with us financially, go to gospelbeacon.org. All donations are tax deductible. We hope you were blessed and hope you will join us again for Moments in the Word.